The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you. Jesus said to his disciples, You have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, offer no resistance to one who is evil. When someone strikes you on your right cheek, turn the other one as well. If anyone wants to go to law with you over your tunic, hand over your cloak as well. Should anyone press you into service for one mile, go for two miles. Give to the one who asks of you, and do not turn your back on one who wants to borrow. You have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your heavenly Father. For he makes his sun rise on the bad and the good and causes rain to fall on the just and the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what recompense will you have? Do not the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet your brothers only, what is unusual about that? Do not the pagans do the same? So be perfect, just as your heavenly Father is perfect. The Gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. We human beings, we really love our tribes. Sociologists and anthropologists tell us that uh, that sense of belonging to a tribe is one of the, the great bonds that holds people together as human beings. It's, it's critical, essential, it's really a big thing in what makes human beings stick together, good times and bad times. We really love and maybe even need our tribes as human beings. Tribes have a good side when you belong to a tribe you belong to a group, when you belong to an extended family or to a religion or to a nation or to a people of any kind, a tribe really, you have a sense of real belonging, you have a sense of security. Here it is where I find myself, this is the people with whom I, I live, these are the people who speak my language, who understand my jokes, who, who support me when I'm down and whom I support when they're down. These are the people with whom I am really most myself because here it is that I am home. Here it is that I am my best self. Here it is that I, I belong. It's a wonderful thing. It's a real love that bonds people together. It's a great thing, belonging to a tribe. But there's a dark side to tribal life as well. So very often a tribe of human beings identifies themselves as a tribe over against the outsiders those who do not belong 
to my extended family or to my favorite football team or to my club or my school or my university or my nation or whatever, my religion even. And therefore, those other people who are outside, well, they can be kind of threatening. They can be people that I have to defend our tribe against. They have to be people that, that might hurt us because they're different and they speak different languages and they have different jokes and they have different colors of skin. They have different languages and different religions and different ethnic identities. And therefore, they're scary and they're frightening. We don't understand them. They may have a long history of pushing against us and so we have to push against them. And that darker side of tribal life it finds its expression very often in the violence that afflicts young people as they join up into gangs. The blues versus the reds. The northerners versus the southerners. And they end up fighting one another in the big cities. It's that tribal identity which sets off this mafia group against that mafia group, always fighting for control of their, their territory and of their businesses and of their, their schemes and scams. You know, that tribal identity is what leads one people to oppress another, one people to make slaves of another. It's that tribalism in its worst sense, in its worst expression, which leads nations to go to war with one another, with the terrible cost that, that takes on the lives of so many, threatening even nowadays our entire planet with terrible violence. And so tribes have their good side, gives us a sense of belonging, gives us a sense of love and being part of something bigger than ourselves. But the dark side is that very often tribes see that identity over against those who do not belong, who are outsiders, who are different than us. The Hebrew people were very, very much into their tribal identity. You know, that tribal identity was forged in the crucible of Egyptian slavery. Nothing like suffering to make a people bond together. And it was even more firmly set when they left Egypt and headed across the desert in their 40 years of wandering, all the time developing this ever deeper sense that they were special and that it was God who was leading them. And it was the real God, the true God, not the idolatrous gods and goddesses of their neighbors. And that sense of, first of all, having survived terrible suffering, and secondly, having God as their leader, as their great force that bonds them together, made it a powerful, powerful thing for them. And as their history unfolds, their tribal identity only grows the deeper, the more they are oppressed, the more they are kicked around, more that they find themselves being attacked and put upon by one neighboring power after another. If it wasn't the Egyptians to begin with, then it's later on, it's the Babylonians, it's the Persians, and finally, of course, in Jesus' time, it's those miserable Romans. And their identity is always an identity of us against them. 
It's us, our small little people who are faithful to God, the God, the only true God, against those infidels who don't believe in the real God, against those who would attack us, against those who would come and in the past have, have come and beaten us down in one way or another and taken us off our land into exile, and those who now oppress us so terribly. And so these laws that they have in like the book of Leviticus that we read this morning, I tell you love your neighbor as yourself. It was perfectly reasonable. They all bought into that. Yes, we need to love one another. We need to care for another. We need to protect one another. We need to defend one another. Within the tribe. Within the nation. That doesn't apply to those outside. How could it? They're after us. They're going to come and attack us. They're going to defeat us if we don't stand up against them. And so they had every reason in the world to love one another within the tribe. But outside the tribe, that rule did not apply. To the contrary, you had the obligation as a member of this tribe to defend it against those who would attack it from the outside. Babylonians, Persians, Romans, whoever. It didn't matter. And so their identity as a tribe was deep and it was profound and maybe most of all, it's what set them against their neighbors. Well, Jesus comes along and he gets up on top of his mountain and he starts teaching the people. And what does Jesus do? He startles them by saying things like, as your fathers have taught you, you know, love your neighbor. But you don't have to love your enemy. And Jesus says, uh-uh. No, what I say to you is that you have to love your enemy also. You have to love the outsider also. You have to step beyond the boundaries of your tribe and extend that rule of love to those beyond. And people raise their hand and say, but what about they're going to attack us? And he says, suck it up. Absorb the attack. Be a spiritual ninja and let him attack you. But don't hate even your enemy, even the Babylonian, even the Persian, most especially in our time, even the Romans. Jesus is effectively unbuckling their tribal identity and saying, in the most poetic way possible, does not God our Father make the sun rise and set on all of his children, on all who's created. And does not God our Father allow his beautiful, gracious rain that waters the earth and slakes our thirst to fall, not just on us, his Hebrew people, but it falls also on the Romans, it falls also on the Babylonians, it falls also on the Persians. It falls on us all. And therefore, if that is God's way with us, then we no longer have any right to say we only love our own. We only protect our own. 
We only support our own and the rest can go to hell where they belong. Jesus says to them, no more of that. And if you want to know why Jesus gets targeted by those Pharisees and Sadducees and high priests, why they mark him as one who must be eliminated, it's because of this. Because he's taking away their identity. Because their identity is completely wrapped up in being a tribe set against the other tribes. And we have every right in the world to hate them. Because they oppress us and they kick us around and they beat us down. We don't have to love them. To the contrary, we must fight them. And Jesus says, no, that's not God's way. And if you no longer have the enemy out there and your whole identity is based on us against them, then they're saying, but Jesus, if that's the case, then we lose ourselves. We lose our belonging. We lose our tribal identity. We're no longer who we thought we were. And that can't stand. And so therefore, Jesus, we're going to get rid of you. And Jesus' words to the people of his time, to the tribe of his time, to his tribe, that God's law of love, that God's law of the sun rising on good and bad alike, of God's rain falling on the just and the unjust alike, and loving more than just our neighbor within our tribe, but loving as well our enemy and praying for our persecutor. That message is a radical pulling the carpet out from the centuries-old tribal identity of his own people. And ultimately, of course, it's what gets him killed. But this is Jesus speaking to not just the people of his time. We believe the gospel the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus' words apply to us or we wouldn't be following him all these centuries later. And so his words about loving our enemy, even our enemy, of looking beyond the, the boundaries of our tribes, of being people who recognize that God's reign, God's grace, God's life falls on all nations, all peoples, all religions. That we are no longer to define ourselves over against those who are outside. Our club, our church, our religion, our nation, whatever it is. This is Jesus speaking to us. And perhaps more than any other time in the history of humanity. His words about love, even of our enemy, and praying for our persecutor, and not defining ourselves over against whoever it is that's beyond our, our idea of ourselves, matters more than ever. Because it's our tribalism today that threatens our world, that threatens our history, that threatens not just our nation, but threatens everything. For if we continue to act like people 
who have every right in the world to hate the other, to look down, to despise on those who are beyond our borders, beyond our tribe, beyond our culture, beyond whatever it is that defines us, then we now have the weapons to destroy not just them, but destroy the whole planet. Jesus' words to the people of Israel have more power and potency now than they ever did before. And therefore, those two images that he uses to remind his own people that they are the people of a God who loves everybody, that all of us are God's children, have more power now than they ever did even when Jesus spoke them 2,000 years ago. Is not our God the God who raises the sun and sets the sun on the good and bad alike? Is not our God the Father who allows his gracious and beautiful and nourishing rain to fall not just on us, but on all of his children, the righteous and unrighteous. Therefore, I say to you, love not only your neighbor within your own tribe. Love all of your neighbors, friend and enemy alike.